bringing hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacy. Living Word with Pastor Mensah Otobin. And now, today's word. Well, I'm going to continue my message titled, Abiding in Christ. John chapter 15, verses 1 to 6. John chapter 15, verses 1 to 6. This is Jesus speaking. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. Last week, I said that this statement of Jesus was uh, a metaphor or an analogy. Jesus is using the vine and the way it is to speak about something. And uh, there are two levels that Jesus is speaking to. Uh, two levels of application of this passage. The first relates to the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament. The vine that Jesus is talking about is God's planting, something that God has planted because he said, my father is the vine dresser. Vine dresser simply means the gardener, the one who has planted the vine and taking care of the vine. He says, God is the one who has planted the vine. That vine in the first instance represents Israel. Israel as a nation was God's chosen nation, God's planting and under the law or in the Old Testament, every Jew therefore was a branch of what God has planted. So if you were a Jew, you were the branch uh, that God has planted. Now if you would note in the passage, Jesus did not describe himself just as the vine. He didn't say, I am the vine. He says, I am the true vine. And that is very important because he was comparing with something else. I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman or the vine dresser. So if there is a true vine, that there is a vine that is not the real vine. And Jesus is saying that, yes, Israel was God's planting, but I am the real one. I am the real thing and, and they have to be planted in me. So, there are two branches that Jesus talks about, the fruitful and the unfruitful. We start with the unfruitful branch. Who then is the unfruitful branch? When Jesus says, there are branches in me that do not bear fruit, who are those branches? 
When Jesus came, his message was first to Israel. They were the branches of the vine. However, many of them did not receive Jesus Christ as Lord. And so they are the branches that did not bear fruit. The branches that did not bear fruit in the immediate refers to Jews who rejected Christ as their redeemer. In Jeremiah chapter 2 verse 21 we read, God says about Israel, Yet I planted you a noble vine, a seed of highest quality. How then have you turned before me into the degenerate plant of an alien vine? That is how God described Israel, an alien vine. And that's why he says, I am the true vine. Because by the time Jesus came, they had departed from him. So it refers to the Jews who did not receive him as Lord. But there is a second level of application for it. And this has to do with those who profess Christ but do not live for him. Those who profess Christ but do not live for him. It, it, it uh, speaks to those who say they are Christians. They say they are in the vine. But they are not producing anything to show that they are in the vine. Jesus Christ himself alluded to that in Matthew chapter 7. When he said that many will come and say, Lord, Lord, I did so and so in your name. I prophesied in your name. I cast out devils in your name. And then he says in verse 23, then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. So, There are those who profess Christ, but they do not live for him. They are the branch that does not bear fruit. So the branch that does not bear fruit, the Jews chosen people of God who did not abide in Christ, who did not believe in Christ, they don't produce fruit. Then those who say, Jesus is my Lord, but they don't also produce any fruit. Two categories of people are the unfruitful vine. And what did Jesus say will happen to them? He says they will be cut off. That's how the father treats those who are not truly in Christ. He cuts them off. If anyone does not abide in me, he's cast out as a branch and is withered and they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. So, for us practically, it means it's possible to go to church, to be part of Christian activities, and still not be in Christ. And these days, there are a lot of people who go to church, not to connect to Christ, but to connect to the man of God. I hear the phrase often, and people use it, I tap into your anointing. I tap into your grace. Not into Christ, but they are telling a man of God, I tap into you. Are you in a man of God or in Christ? Whom are you in? Whom are you tapping from? If you are the branch, whom are you receiving from? Is it from Christ or from a human being? If you are receiving simply from a man of God and not from Christ, then you are the branch that does not bear fruit. So each one of us must be careful that our Christianity does not just become attendance of church. We have a lot of that. 
seeking for a miracle, seeking for a breakthrough, seeking for a word, but never connected to Christ. There are even some people who imitate speaking in tongues just to blend in. Christianity is not about blending in. It's about belonging to Christ. Blending into a church, being accepted, being called a born again Christian is not as important as being in Christ. Connected to Christ. So for everybody listening to me, you have to ask yourself, is Christ truly my Lord? Is Christ truly living in my heart? Have I given my life to him? Am I truly a Christian or a churchgoer? Just a churchgoer. Am I following Christ or following a preacher? Who is my savior? It gets scary the kind of accolades people give to preachers now. And you wonder, if we say all of that about a man of God, what do we say about the God who made the man? And unfortunately, there are some preachers who call all the attention to themselves and want the faith of the people to be in them and not in Christ. And we have to be careful. No human being died for you. No human being can say, myself took your infirmities and bore your diseases Only one can say that and his name is Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. He is the source of our faith and he is our redeemer. So the fruitful branch represents the Jews who did not connect to Christ. It also represents those who profess Christ but are not connected to him. That's a fruitless vine, fruitless. What about the fruitful branch? The fruitful branch represents... The Jews who connected to Christ as the Lord and Savior, as Redeemer. Because as you know, there were many who accepted Christ. At his birth, the shepherds received him. The prophetess Anna in the temple, Simeon, Zacharias, Elizabeth, John the Baptist, disciples of John, and then later so many hundreds and thousands came to believe in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. They are the fruitful vine. So first it it speaks to the Jews who are connected to Christ. But it goes beyond that. The fruitful vine is also those who profess Christ and live for him. Those who profess Christ and live for him. They are connected to him. They are bearing fruits to his glory. They've come to Christ. Something has changed in their lives. We used to sing a song in the past. I haven't heard it sung uh, these days. It it was great change. Great change since I was born. Great change since I was born again. The things I used to do, I do them no more. And normally when we sang that chorus, then we will add all the things we used to do that we do no more. Because Christianity must manifest in a change of life. So the question you have to answer is, since you gave your life to Christ, are there things you used to do that you do no more? 
If you used to fornicate, do you do it no more? Or you used to fornicate when you didn't know Christ. After you know Christ, you're still fornicating. You used to commit adultery when you didn't know Christ. After you know Christ, you still commit adultery. You used to steal when you didn't know Christ. After you know Christ, you still steal. You used to lie when you didn't know Christ. After you know Christ, you still, you still lie. Then where is the change? All of us should be able to say, the things I used to do, I do them no more. The girls I used to chase, I chase them no more. The men I used to chase, I chase them no more. The lies I used to lie, I lie them no more. The gossip I used to gossip, I gossip them no more. Because if you are in the branch... He says he will come for fruit inspection. Not leaf inspection. Fruit inspection. And when he comes, he's going to look for the evidence of the vine. And the evidence of the vine is that its nature is bearing fruit. So when we abide in Christ... Something we used to do, we will do no more. And what does the husbandman or the gardener do to the fruit-bearing branch? Does he clap for them and say, well done, well done? No, 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 he doesn't. He cleanses them, he purges them so that they will bear more fruit. In other words, when... You start bearing fruit as a Christian. God will start working on your life in such a way that you will bear more fruit. He will purge you. He will cleanse you. He works on us to bear more fruit. Because the father's desire is that we will be fruitful Christians. But not only fruitful, we'll be, we'll bear much more fruit. So there's a difference between bearing fruit and bearing much more fruit. So if I am holy, God wants me to be holier. If I am good, he wants me to be better. If I have stopped committing adultery physically, he wants me to commit, uh, stop committing it mentally also. If I have stopped committing it mentally, he wants me to also go to other levels of righteousness. So when God comes and your life pleases him, he doesn't pat you on the back. He calls you to a higher level of holiness and righteousness. He's always calling us to something higher because we have to bear the purest and the best fruit for him. So some of us may say, oh yes, the things I used to do, I do them no more. Then you have to ask, the thoughts I used to think, I think them no more. Because after you have overcome the doing, you have to also overcome the thinking. The things that tempt me, tempt me no more. The things that occupy my mind don't occupy my mind any longer. Because I am planted in Christ. When he comes into our lives, we bear fruit. And when we bear fruit, he prunes us so that we may bear much fruit.
I don't have enough time to touch on why he prunes us and how he prunes us. Are you a fruit-bearing Christian? It's a question. I know you are meditating on that question very deep. Are you a fruit-bearing Christian? What is your fruit? How many things can you say you don't do now because of Christ? And how many things can you say you do now because of Christ? How many things can you say I have put away because I belong to Jesus? And this is what I have put on since Christ came into my life. Because for each one of us, there must be something that we have received in Christ that we can give out. So, why is the fruitful branch pruned? Why is it pruned? First, to flourish better in the vine. The vine should flourish more through the branch. More of Christ flowing through us. More of his love. He must increase in us. And we must increase in him. When we increase in him, we decrease in ourselves. So, he proves us so that we flourish And he proves us so that we become more fruitful. The more of Christ we receive, the more fruit we bear for him. How does God prune us? How does he do it? When God wants to prune us, what does he do? Two ways. He prunes us by cleaning us With his word, Jesus says, you are cleansed by the word that I speak to you. So when God is pruning us, the the pruning scissors or the pruning knife is his word. His word is our light. The word is our life. And as we submit to the word of God, it cuts off all the wrong things out of our lives. So he cleanses us with his word. Whenever you go to church or hear the word of God and you feel it's cutting you, you are being pruned. You heard the pastor preach and you say, ah, this one, it's cut me. Don't be angry. It's pruning. Because it's God cutting off something from your life. He uses his word to cut you. Anytime you read the Bible and it cuts your heart, God is pruning you. He does it with his word. And then he also removes any unfruitfulness that is in our lives. Anything in our lives that keeps us from becoming more fruitful. Includes the things that we have made our gods. He'll take them away from us. You think your car is your God? Your home is your God? Your good looks is your God. Don't let anything compete with God in your life. He removes everything that we have made our God. He removes everything that we trust in instead of him. 
He removes everything that misleads us, makes us go astray. He removes everything that hinders our spiritual growth, bad habits, bad influences. He'll cut them out of our lives. Why? So that we may bear fruit. So for sometimes you may find that there are some people who will quarrel with you and fight you and leave you alone. And many times God is the one removing them from your life. Because they are a bad influence on you. The person you travel with and go to funerals with all the time and go and drink. God will start stirring that relationship up to be broken. So you will not go to that funeral and drink again. It is God's pruning process. Certain friends who lead you astray, God is going to move them out of your way. I don't know whether you like it or not. But if you bear fruit, God will remove those people out of your way. So that you will bear much fruit. In the end, God's greatest desire is that all of us who say Jesus is our Lord will be properly planted in him, linked up to him. That his life will flow through us. The life of Christ will flow through us. That when the life of Christ flows through out, what comes out of us will be fruit that looks like Christ. And when God sees that we are showing signs of being Christ-like, then he will start removing excess baggage from our lives and cutting them. His word will become sharper than any two-edged sword, cutting asunder everything that is taking away your focus from the Lord so you will bear fruit. And remember, he says, it is when you bear much fruit that you ask the Father whatever you want and he will give it to you. God is not in the business of answering the prayers of fruitless Christians because he doesn't answer prayer to show off your fruitlessness. He wants when he has answered your prayer, when people get to close to you, they will see Christ on your life. Not that you give a big testimony of what God has done. People get to you and see the devil in your life. Then you are not a testimony of Christ. You are a disgrace to the gospel. God wants you to manifest Christ. And may that become our chief fruitfulness in 2020. That Christ will be manifested in every area of our lives. Let's pray. Just talk to the Lord and just ask him to make you fruitful for him. If you are a believer. If you are not sure whether Jesus is in your heart, ask him to come into your heart. To forgive you of your sins. To be your Lord, to be your savior. To live for you. Father, this morning... We ask that you will help us to bear fruit that brings glory to God. That our lives 
will manifest Christ. Our speech, our thoughts, our actions will all manifest Christ. That wherever we are, people will look at us and say, Indeed, Christ lives inside of him. Indeed, Christ lives inside of us. May you, O oh God, help us to bear fruit that honors Jesus Christ and causes him to be manifest to the whole world. And we thank you, Lord, for the great change that you bring to our lives. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mensah Otebi, like his page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at Mensah Otebi. Email otterbill at centralgospel.com or call plus 233-302-688-000.